Hello and welcome to Travel Stories with Mosh, the first travel podcast in the Middle East. I'm your host Moshmi, travel blogger and broadcast journalist, and in this podcast, I'll be talking to some incredible travel enthusiasts who take us on a journey to some of the most fascinating places by sharing their travel stories. From breathtaking landscapes and cities to diverse cultures and cuisines, our special guests share their most unforgettable travel experiences while also giving away some of their not so happy encounters, what's hot on their list, and lots lots more. So join me as we embark on this journey together to explore, experience and connect with the world around us. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the very first season of Travel Stories with Mosh. Today's special guest is a lady who wears many hats. She's the director of sales at Podio, which is the region's largest podcasting platform. She's a mother, a wife, a daughter, and a traveler. Lama Masri, thank you for being the very first guest on Travel Stories with Mosh, and welcome to the episode. Thank you for having me. So born and raised in Saudi Arabia, Lama has traveled across the world, across the region, and this is what she says has shaped her to the human being that she is today. I want to know a little more about how the journeys in your life from Saudi Arabia to Bahrain and to Lebanon shaped you to who you are today. I really believe that growing up in Saudi Arabia gave me a different perspective than the average Lebanese person maybe being raised in Lebanon. Saudi was was truly a melting pot of different cultures where people from different nationalities, you know, really different ethnic backgrounds from the different financial levels all living in this safe community where it's all guarded. I feel I get to assimilate in different cultures and understand them more easily because of how I grew up in in Saudi Arabia. And growing up, did you travel a lot like from Saudi Arabia? Did you get a chance to go to Lebanon a lot? Definitely. We went every summer to Lebanon and we definitely went every winter as well for the ski seasons to Lebanon, which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to from the different cultures that grow up here in the GCC. So Lama, now I'm going to come to our star question. So where are you taking us today having traveled so many countries and so many places? Where do you want to take us today on a journey? This might sound cliché, but I want to take you to Hawaii. Amazing. So if you were to envision Hawaii, you're going to think, you know, hula hoops, and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and ladies, you know, dancing and, and maybe Honolulu and everybody surfing. I want to take you to another island. And this island was called the Big Island. And it's the youngest island in Hawaii. And it entailed so many seasons, right? At one point, you'd think you're in Holland with this greenery. Another point, you'd think you're in Mars because of the volcanic ashes. Another moment, you're driving alongside San Francisco Bay, you know, that kind of rocky-like cliffs. And then you'd see a huge block of volcanic, you know, stream that just blocks the road. And then the road ends there. So the island was not your typical I'm in Hawaii and there's these crazy hotels and everybody's just there sipping on their cocktails. It really was so raw. Wow. Nobody talks about these smaller islands where you actually get that real 
experience of those islands. Exactly. And what I loved about Hawaii is that I didn't feel that this was America. You know, there were a culture of their own. There were, you know, how the Native Americans you'd have. So you'd have that experience where there were actually people from Japan, Philippines. It was a mixed interracial culture mm. that actually reside on Hawaii. Mm. And seeing them and observing them, mm. I don't know why I, I felt that I could connect to them more than let's say the average American who, yeah. who has lived on the mainland. And I think their way of life is just much different, right? So it was also a very nice distinction. And I think the locals don't really like this whole mainstream, mm -hmm. you know, I'm here to binge and blah. They're really, life is slower. They're very in connection with nature. Their food, Wow. I have never been. I have never been. And I'm so excited. And now that you're saying that, yeah. the Big Island is on my list. Please do. So, you know, going forward, Lama, which is the first place that made you realize that you love travel? Whew, that's a good question. You know, during university, I was part of this TV show in the U.S. It was called On the Road in America. Wow. Sounds very exciting. Yeah. I was season two. We were four cast members. And their mission was to break stereotypes between Arabs and Americans. Mm -hmm. So we lived through the U.S. and the viewers were able to kind of experience the U.S. through our eyes. They took us basically on a caravan and we went on a road trip from L.A. to D.C. Mm -hmm. for 40 days. That's a long trip. one. Yeah, it's a, it is a very long one. I really enjoyed it. It was nice to not plan your your trip yeah. and in a way have the trip already made for you and And you just had to live through those moments. And the U.S. is so vast and so different from state to state. So that's another very rich experience, I would say. If anyone can do that, I highly recommend. Definitely. So what would be your favorite destination and why? I think Australia is a beautiful, beautiful country. It's so rich in terms of nature. It's far, but it is really beautiful. Any specific place in Australia? I went through Sydney and then back, we drove up to uh, Brisbane and we uh, took a boat to the Great Barrier Reef. It was called the Turtle Island, I remember. And back in the day, <laughs> they used to be a turtle canned. People used to eat turtles. I had no idea. And so that island was a factory for turtles. And uh, Wow. Yeah. And they used to... <laughs> like for turtle meat? Yes, for turtle meat. That is so interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. And so obviously now it's a sanctuary there mm -hmm. and they protect it. It's interesting to see that as a culture, you can go from eating something to then, <laughs> this is sacred, preserving we should not, it. and yeah. preserving it. Yeah. So it's also interesting to see that kind of mindset shift. The thing is, I would love to one day live there, but it's just so far. Far away. From from home, yeah. from from your family, True. that um, you have second thoughts. Mm -hmm. But it is one of the most magical places, and uh, the waters and the scenery is beautiful. 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 Yeah. yeah, and also because they have so much within and around them, I don't think they feel it that it's necessary to kind of step out from where they are because they just have everything around them and that's why you say it's magical. It so is. now from the most magical places, which for you is Australia, which is mm -hmm. the not so magical place and one that you do not fancy going back to. <laughs> Ooh, I honestly have never had this experience. Wow, really? Every place was great because th the way I'm built is mm -hmm. to appreciate 
places and people and I don't know how to live with the negative, you know? That's beautiful. And having be, to be able to give those places even a second chance. Let's say I had a bad experience when I visited this place, but then you have to really understand what was the bad experience? Could I have messed up with the food a bit or mm -hmm. had it uncomfortable encounter with one person. And because you sailed through so many different cultures, like you were in Saudi and you just talked about how life in Saudi was as when you were growing up, and then you moved to Bahrain for a bit and then you went back to Lebanon. So because you, though all these countries are in the Middle East, they still have their own individual cultures. And because you sailed through all of them, was there any culture shock or because you're Middle Eastern, was it easy to kind of blend in? So moving to Lebanon, there was definitely a culture shock, even though I am by blood Lebanese and I would identify as Lebanese. But even when I got to Lebanon, people looked at me very strangely. Uh, my accent wasn't even 100% Lebanese, you know, this assimilation of cultures of being with Palestinian, Jordanian, Syrian, wow. uh, Egyptians, your accent ends up not being from anywhere from anywhere so you are this like where are you from mm -hmm. um and then i say a word like ah you're from the north of lebanon from tripoli i was like how did you know but that is also interesting right yeah. when people cannot really figure out where you're from mm -hmm. i like that i do as well i do like so i i got in right after the assassination of rafi hariri mm -hmm. in 2005 so there was a lot of you know, turmoil within that the people. That was a very difficult time, right, in the country. It was um, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of near-death experiences. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, it was every other month there was another terrorist attack. And it was... It was and this, did you experience I all of this? I experienced that. There were, ter there were basically wow. suicide bombings. And uh, it gave you a different perspective of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that has definitely shaped who I am today. Mm -hmm. I... I've always had this feeling that life is short. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to be here tomorrow. I genuinely do not know. And those experiences shook me to my core that I truly have to live in the moment. Mm -hmm. I need to be grateful that I still have my legs, my hands. I don't even connect with people when it comes to, you know, beauty standards. Oh, you've lost weight. Oh, you look like this. It oh, doesn't do you mean think anything I'm pretty? It means nothing. Mm -hmm. So this outlook of I'm lucky enough to be alive is what I... I wake up to, you know? I love that. Isn't that so beautiful? As much as that whole experience was very, you know, it, it was tumulting for you to be growing up and seeing, you know, massacres or bombing or what have you. But then it's shaped you to become this person where you actually do not care what people think. And I think that is the way to be because you're comfortable within you. And also the fact that, you live, you literally live today every day as it's the last day of your life, which means you live to the fullest. And I believe that is how I think everyone should be. So even though the experiences were what they were and were disturbing at the time, but it's really shaped you into this really confident, happy person because you're living life to its fullest. And I think that's what's important that came out of that whole experience, right? I definitely agree. Um, coming back to our travel stories, uh, what is your hidden gem? I just returned from a beautiful place. It's actually only three hours from Dubai. It's, really? It's Tell us more. It, so I really recommend visiting Georgia. I, I truly wow. do. I know a lot of people are going to Georgia from Dubai nowadays, but you think that is your hidden gem? Honestly, the nature that mm -hmm. I experienced, there was a specific resort where we went to. 
And I mean, it's all relative, of course, to everybody, but it was a five-star hotel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, usually you'd pay an arm and a leg for that. It was honestly extremely cheap. You know? Do you want to give us the name? Uh, sure. It's La Potta Lake and Resort. And the scenery there, you felt like you were in a film. Wow. You know, it was so majestic. Mm -hmm. The mountains, the lake, the nature, it was so magical. Mm -hmm. It just came back with my husband because it was our baby moon, but it was fun. It Absolutely was, it worth was, it. It was really, really worth it. So, so the six month old inside you has already traveled one country now. <laughs> That's what I tell my son because I traveled with him when I was five months pregnant. And now when he wants to go back to those countries, I said, no, we've, you've been there. He's like, but I was in your tummy. <laughs> so if you could travel to three places in a day, where would you have your breakfast? Where would you have lunch? And where would you have dinner? Oh, I like this question. The thing is, like right now, honestly, I crave a traditional Lebanese breakfast. Oh, that is always good, though. It really is. Mm. I mean, if I would go, I would go all the way back to a small little um, village. It's a small little village in Lebanon. It's called Ehden. <gasps> it's in the north of Lebanon. And life is just so simple there. And I just love it. Mm. I would definitely go have, have breakfast there. And mm -hmm. this this really old, um, it's basically called a sage, which is where they I make. I love sage. Yeah, yeah, they make fresh bread and everything is truly fresh there. So I've definitely have breakfast there. You know, you'd literally sit under an apple tree and you can grab an apple and eat it right on oh, the that's table. that's amazing. You know, yeah. so I think that will always be a special place that I really love having yeah. breakfast at. For lunch, I would go to Sri Lanka. Mm. And spicy food. Yeah. I'll never forget this experience. It was a stop on the train. Mm -hmm. And one of these villages, as I got out, I remember visiting this restaurant and entering. And it was a, it was a, it was a rough place, right? You know, it's not a you know, a fork and knife kind of dining experience. So I went in and, you know, everybody would look at me like, okay, you know, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And as I walk in and I order and I sit and it, this meal came, was cooked within inside a banana leaf and it was rice oh, wow. and, and meat and these spices and there was mango even inside mm -hmm. it. It was... Okay, my mouth is watering now. I mean, I, that really sounds divine. I can't tell you how much I'm craving just going back to that stop, sitting in that restaurant. And funny enough, I remember they were, they gave me cutlery and I looked at it. I was like, okay, these guys don't understand that I'm Arab. <laughs> <laughs> and it opened my hand, just dived inside and I started eating with my hand because, you know, growing up in Saudi, you're accustomed to eating kapsa, yeah. which is you eat it traditionally with your hand. And, and Arabs just do awe. eat with their hands, of right? Course. Yeah, just like us. You know, and yeah. so for them, they were like, "What? Do you, what how does she know how to eat with her hands so well? And trying to explain, I'm not the white, white, I'm maybe <laughs> Arab white, but, I, you know, I don't know how to label myself, but like, you know, you know, in a way is that I really, truly appreciated that meal. So that would be lunch. Dinner. <laughs> I'm trying to think for you for dinner. I would maybe go to Lima in Peru. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and the ceviche. Yes. Oh, God. And it was actually, it was a traditional Peruvian meal. And we had it. It was lovely because I met this couple on the plane and they invited me to their home. 
And they said, please, you have to come and have dinner with us and, you know, meet the family and and have a traditional drink as well. That is such a beautiful experience to go to someone's home and have a meal. Exactly. It was lovely. And so we were invited. The family, you know, sat with us and and fed us. And they gave us even this drink where I was like, what is this? And it, you know, funny enough over there, they use use cocaine leaves, but Mm. only for altitude sickness, right? So it doesn't give you a high or anything. It's just done in a way to to help you because of the altitude changes right. there. And so... And that balances you? That balances you, really. Wow, and, I didn't know this. Yeah. That is so interesting. <laughs> Telling you. That's amazing. <laughs> so having that, I remember that tea, having that meal, it was, it was, it was really nice. I wow. mean, I, I truly enjoyed it. Isn't it so amazing how different places around the world and the cultures are always linked to food? Mm. You know, how food kind of takes you on a different journey altogether. And, you know, having lived here in Dubai, I must say we're fortunate and we get to experience a lot of different cuisines. So my next question to you would be, where would you breakfast, go for breakfast, lunch and dinner here in Dubai? What are your favorite places? Like okay. places that you don't really have to think and just, okay, I, this is what I want to do today. I'll go for breakfast to Tom and Serge. And mm-hmm. have the shakshuka. Yes. Straight up. Uh, for lunch, I wouldn't even think twice. I go immediately to three fills. Ooh, and another good one. I just love their food. For dinner, oh, it's a tricky one. Um, it's it's hard because I'm so blessed and lucky. My husband really cooks well. Oh, so home, is it? Yes. So he <laughs> so. is quite the exquisite chef when it comes to Asian and Italian food. So it's yeah. very hard to compete from Ooh. those cuisines. Okay. But, I mean, if I could, I would definitely go to Matfun Asadda. It's a traditional Khaliji restaurant where... You go and you sit on the ground and it's rice with the shoulder of the lamb Mm. and the meat just, sorry if some people are are vegetarian or vegan, please excuse us, but it's just like feather in your hand. Oh my God. So this is our hidden gem, honestly. But I was just going to ask (laughs) you, like, I haven't heard about this restaurant, so I want to know more. Like, this sounds so interesting. So is it like local... It is local. Khaliji food. It is wow. local Khaliji food. And, and, and the food there is is, is amazing. Uh, and do you eat on those big plates that they give and you share? Exactly. Oh, that's it's amazing. You could have, of course, you know, individual plates, plates, individual well. plates and forks and knives, yeah. you know. But my son loves this experience. He just sits and he dives into the rice with his hand and into the meat. And I truly enjoy seeing him, you know, come into... Not just connection into the yeah. Arab culture that yeah. we're, where we're growing up yeah. in, but also to see him so connect and and with food and and to truly enjoy it and say, mm, "Mom, this is so good," and I'm like, "I'm so proud of you." Wow, that's it's amazing. a beautiful, it's a nice family experience, and I love it. Involved. Enjoying the food and the experience and all of that, and exactly. I am so glad that this hidden gem came out from this conversation today because that is where I'm going this weekend. Now, Madfoon al-Sadda. Oh my God, it sounds amazing. Okay, so Lama gave us these amazing three places for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And dinner is what I'm very excited about now. Coming back to the UAE, which is, and because you've lived here for so long, which is that one experience in Dubai or the UAE that you would highly recommend to 
all our listeners, to people who, you know, want to come visit or even for people who live here, something that you really highly recommend? I think one experience would be to go to Imukawim and there are these mangrove mm -hmm. tours. Uh, I think that is a very fun experience with the family or even with your friends. It's beautiful to see nature in desert, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great experience. Another one would be even, you know, kayaking here by La Mer. There's like a little, there's a public beach right there and where you could rent these see-through kayaks mm -hmm. and you could take your drinks. You can make a little picnic even inside oh. it and you can just go for a very nice tour. That's very interesting. Um, they even have these portable speakers that you can just plug music to. And oh. it's, a, it's a nice, I think. And that is also a kayaking experience? It is a kayaking oh, experience. Nice. If you're into cycling, I would recommend going to, there is a park called Merdiv Park mm -hmm. and there is a beautiful biking track there mm -hmm. with with uh, rails and jumps. So you could rent a bike from there and, and truly experience it. So I feel like you can experience the world so much yeah, in true. simpler ways. Absolutely. And that is what I wanted to bring to light through this podcast, because whenever people talk about the UAE or Dubai, everyone just talks about malls and they think there's no nature here. But... You know, to do the outdoors, not very many people know or they don't look forward to, you know, coming to the UAE or to Dubai and doing these activities like the Mirdif Park is so beautiful. You know, and also we get caught up with life, right? And we forget these these small little pleasures and journeys for, for which I think we should make time for, you know, just Omal Quain is a beautiful drive from here. And this kayaking experience is another one that you told me today that I should look into. That sounds very, very interesting. So Lama, now having traveled so much and with these amazing experiences in life that you've had, and now you're six months pregnant, I'm sure you are looking forward to traveling again soon after the baby's here. So um, what is next for you? What are you looking forward to next in travel? I think on the top of my list is Japan. Mm -hmm. I am dying to discover this beautiful island and country. And the next one is Africa. I do not know Africa enough. I've only seen, obviously, Egypt and I've seen Zanzibar in Zimbabwe, but that's it. Mm -hmm. I think South Africa, Madagascar, and the, literally all of them from Nigeria to Morocco. There's, there's so much to discover. Yeah. And Japan will be another beautiful experience. Yeah. That is a country you have to just go with an empty stomach and just eat your way through. And I think you should go there only after the baby comes because there's a lot of raw food happening. But funnily enough, you know, in Japan, you think you'll find, like when I went there, I thought there'll be sushi counters around the corner everywhere. Funnily enough, it's not like that. It's just what you find around the corner everywhere is ramen places. You know, it's the sushi is there, but it's not what we think you know, it's like everywhere it's there, but it's not the thing for them. It's more ramen places. But um, I'm sure you'll have such an amazing experience. And Africa is going to be another fun experience and there'll be so much to discover for you. We've come to the end of the episode today. And thank you so much, Lama. I thoroughly enjoyed going to all these places with you through the journey of your life, all the travel stories that you had to tell us. Thank you so very much. And I wish you all the best with the baby and everything else. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And 
Honestly, I'm loving that I was part of the first episode. I wish you Thank all the luck. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure you're going to do great. And I can't wait to hear the next one as well. Thank you so much, Lama. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I hope our conversations have fueled your wanderlust and inspired you to explore the world in new and exciting ways. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button to keep up with our latest episodes. And if you want to be the first to know who's joining me next week, come and follow me on Instagram. I'm at Mosh Travels. I would love to know what you think, what kind of travel stories and guests you would like me to cover. You can find all the episodes and destinations mentioned by all the guests on my website, moshtravels.com. Thanks for listening and until next time, safe travels and keep adventuring.